Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. I'm Rod. And you're listening to Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church. Welcome to another episode of Just One More Thing. Just as a reminder, if you have any questions or comments um, that you would like us to cover or address, you can email askask at isunrise.org. In today's episode, we are discussing the December 11th sermon, Seeking the Significant. Okay, so I had to edit this because your title is not the natural thing that someone would say. When I was reading the title, I said, Seeking the Significance, but your title is Seeking the Significant. That's right. There's very, very different things there. When one seeks significance, they're seeking it for themselves. When one seeks significant, it's something outside of themselves. It's something that matters. And what the wise men, what the Magi were seeking were was a king that really mattered. And that's how I came up with that title. After much wailing and gnashing of teeth, I came up with that title, Seeking the Significant, because he is significant, especially compared to the big, strong, powerful king who's, who's killing people and who's, uh, it, it, he has the appearance of wheeling a lot of power. But compared to the baby, he's not significant. And that point is proven today when you visit Israel and you visit his sites. You know, th- there are just a few people looking at these beautiful, wonderful sites that Herod made, and there are literally thousands of people trying to go to a site where this baby, uh, where he was. And I've experienced that personally in in visiting the difference between visiting the Herodium and visiting uh, the uh, Church of the Nativity, uh, the traditional spot of where Christ would have been born. So we're going to start off with my question, which is, who are the wise men? You mentioned in your sermon that these are not Jewish guys coming from the East there may be Gentiles. So who are they? Why do they know about a prophecy? Why do they care? Well, a lot of this is speculation. It's interesting, uh, the two things, they, they are seeking a king. They're going to a king, seeking a king. And um, they are called magi or, or wise men. And most people think uh, the way they kind of come into the Old Testament story is through Daniel. When the exile happened and uh, Judah was taken off uh, into captivity, the Babylonian captivity, and then uh, another kingdom conquered Babylon, and uh, they had developed these, these men who were spiritual leaders. They looked at the stars, and they would read signs in the stars. And so um, what most people think is that Daniel was such an influence over them that they put together some of the Old Testament prophecies along with uh, reading of, of the stars, as well as dreams. We know from Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 about dreams that he had and dreams that he could interpret. So uh, most people think that is the uh, the connection why they would be looking for Messiah. So they were probably Gentile. Not 100% certain about that, but it would make sense that they would be Gentile. So speaking of, I guess, astronomers, you received a message from not an astronomer, but maybe astronomer adjacent. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, after the service, uh, someone came up to me and gave me a 
fascinating uh, perspective. This person worked for NASA. In fact, her and her husband, Laura Cavanaugh and Pat, they came up to me afterwards, and they just had a fascinating perspective. And I asked her, I said, write that down and send it to me, because I wanted to share with our podcast audience. And Olivia, why don't you read what Laura sent me? Hi, Rod. Thank you for your sermon this morning about the Magi traveling to see the baby Jesus. I especially liked how you gave us a perspective on the choice the Magi had to make to either listen to Herod or, quote, stick with the baby. I never really thought about how difficult that choice might have been given the prestige and power of Herod, as demonstrated in his impressive palaces. And that choice would have been made even more difficult by the fact that it would take a lot of extra effort to defy Herod and take the longer route home. As you were speaking, I also thought about the fact that no matter how impressive Herod's buildings might have been, he still could not move the stars. The Magi were men who kept their eyes on the heavens, and not the works of men, no matter how impressive they might be. I can see now why they would have chosen to stick with the king who could move the stars. Wanted to share my thoughts with you and thank you again for a thought-provoking message that really brought the story to life and into context. Yeah, even though Herod had built Caesarea, uh, even though he'd built the temple, uh, Herodium and Uh, Masada and his palace in Jericho, all of those are at a horizontal level. And what Laura brought up was he still could not move the stars. And I said, wow, I'd never heard it put like that. And these guys were focused on the stars. So um, it, it makes it an easier choice. It was still a difficult choice, but it makes it an easier choice than I was thinking of when you when you kind of get into their shoes and and I think that's what she did in that in that thought. Yeah, they were looking at something that lasted much longer than anything Herod ever built would last or could build. That's correct. One of the things that popped up uh, over and over again, if you if you start in verse eighteen of chapter one and you read down through chapter two, one of the words that you're going to come across time and time again is the word fulfilled, fulfilled. And uh, if you just say something is fulfilled, it implies something went before it. And that's what Matthew's trying to do. He's building the case that all of those promises in the Old Testament, after 400 silent years where God has not spoken, now they're coming about, fulfilling uh, the promises he's made. And so that's one thing that struck me. Another thing that struck me was the number of places, geography that's uh, involved in this. Uh, you've got the wise men from the east. You've got um, Bethlehem. You've got Jerusalem, where the, the capital would have been. You've got Egypt, the, the flight down to Egypt. And then you've got Nazareth, the, the place where the uh, family would move back and where Jesus would would uh, grow up in Nazareth. So that's uh, another perspective that's going on. So there's a, if, if you were creating a movie, you would have to have different sets just in these few verses because there's a lot of movement happening. Yeah, and a lot of that connects. So, I mean, even with the fulfilled that you were talking about, Matthew is a great bridge from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And you had said that there's not really a debate over what book should be first. Yes. Can you address, I mean, because it seems like, oh, well, Matthew's a great pull-in from the Old Testament, but is that the reason why it's the first of the New Testament? Uh, it's just the the early church fathers, all of them just kind of assumed that that was the, the best book. Now, very few would say it was actually written first. 
you know, I'm not saying it wasn't written first, but but um, most people think that Mark was written first just because of its length. It's, it's shorter. Now, I don't uh, necessarily ascribe to that theory. Um, I think Matthew was probably written earlier, but it wasn't written first. We know Luke wasn't written first because Luke accounts for other uh, biographies of Jesus having been written. But um, Matthew just seems to connect all the promises that were promised, not all of them necessarily, but the promises that were in the Old Testament to who Jesus was. Jesus comes in a context, and it, and that context is a context of promise. And so Matthew understands that. So he continues to look back and he's putting things together. And those verses we looked at, chapter 1, verses 18 through chapter 2, verse 23, he's, he's looking back. He said, this is why this was written. This is the ultimate fulfillment of this verse written in the Old Testament, whether it was Hosea, whether it was Jeremiah, whether it was Isaiah. It finds its ultimate fulfillment in the person of Christ and of his story is what they were looking towards. You know, what I ended up coming out of this message for application purposes was that the Magi's choices was not just about a king. It was about a kingdom. And it was about one kingdom that looked to the stars that was vast and one kingdom that was big but at a, at a different level. And I think that's what Laura uh, points to in her, in her comment. Um, you know, Herod... Herod's accomplishments were big, but they were relatively big. They were big compared to other things around them, but they couldn't hold a candle to what uh, the one who made the stars, what he could do. And so they were choosing not only a king to honor a king, to worship, to align themselves with the king, but they were choosing that kingdom. And I think that's a great lesson for all of us, especially at Christmas time. He might seem like a little baby Jesus, as our video clip <laughs> pointed to, but um, he is the king of kings, the creator of all things, and uh, his kingdom will endure. Thanks for breaking that down and sharing that with us, and thank you, Laura. I, uh, I really enjoy your perspective on that. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Just One More Thing from Sunrise Church.